Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Hello, and welcome to another episode of 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom. This is Melissa Fradenberg here, and today I am with Karen Dibus, a dear friend and also a freelance reporter and author. And in fact, she was the retail reporter for the Detroit News, and I happen to know that she's obsessed with personal finance. So I asked Karen to be here today to talk about holiday budgeting. And between the two of us, we're going to share some tips to kind of keep your budget in check this year and um, shop efficiently. But welcome, Karen. Thank you so much for being here. I am thrilled. Thank you for asking. I know that Karen likes to nerd out on personal finance stuff. I do as well. But I think we have different styles that may complement each other because even though I do like to go into the holiday season with an overall budget in mind, which I am totally blown away by the number of people that don't do that and not a spreadsheet or an app user. I, you know, kind of have, there's a method to my madness, but it's not exactly something that I think is organized. So I reached out to Karen and I asked her if she could share a couple tips. Um, Where do you start, Karen, when you think about your holiday spending? I am an advocate for having a real life budget. And that starts with your year round expenses and income. So that I always think is your first line of defense. You have to be completely honest and put each dollar to work, as the personal finance gurus say. So I believe in understanding what's coming in, but more importantly, what's going to go out. So I start there. It's like a financial planner's dream to work with Karen because she's got that all figured out. <laughs> now, that took me years, though. That was That's a work in progress. I still look at it and wonder what went wrong every month, why I have more months than money. So that one is never ending. And they, t- they tell you that in the budgeting, that you should not expect it to be perfect. And it's going to change even day to day and definitely month to month. But to offset that and knowing that things will come up, I created what they call sinking funds or little savings accounts. You know, when I was a kid, these used to be jars I'd keep under my dresser. That's how nerdy I am. But now as an adult, I I found apps that will allow me to create as many of these so-called independent little funds that go into like a savings account. So they're separated only by the online app into little fiefdoms, but it's one general fund. So it's like having a separate savings account from your normal banking. And so I use Quapital or, you know, Q-A-P-I-T-A-L because I admit I like to have so many that other apps limit you to three or four. I usually have around eight or nine. And Christmas is front and center. Christmas is the one that's the biggest because that one is the one that I save all all year round for. All right, let's go back real quick, just because I want to, I just wrote down, I'm going to put the link to Capital in our show notes. But um, when you say eight or nine, so it's one, you know, checking or savings account, but you can divide them using this app on your phone into different buckets, if you will, different um, funds. Now, do you, the Christmas one, do you start off like the year with a certain amount in there? And 
Yeah, and this has been refined over time as well. So there's no pressure to get it right the first Christmas. And first, the first Christmas I did this was about two years ago, and I was so far off. I was about half of the amount I actually spend. So that's what got me interested in doing this more accurately, or at least over time, was to see how it would change. So that's my second kind of tip, so to speak, is to be realistic and honest. So when I realized I was spending closer to $1,000, not the 500 that I had in my head, that was a real revelation. And I thought, okay, I need to come at this with not only my gift budget, which that didn't even really touch, but I realized I wanted to include in there my decorations as well as the food budget because I like to have the big spread. And now that our family is going to probably try to be all together in one room, I want to have the big turkey dinner or, you know, Cornish game hens, whatever it might be with a dozen desserts. That costs two to $400 if you're doing it up homemade like I try to do. Or if you're going to order it, to be honest, it's probably close to that budget as well. So that's when I doubled. And this year, to be honest, I'm probably going to blow past that and said, this is really what I spend. How do I break that down into monthly amounts that I want to set aside? And then even then, it was too hard to do monthly. I break it down to weekly savings goals at this point. Wow. Um, and for example, for like Christmas this year, I have, how much is it? $25 a week set aside. Okay, so that, starting in January, you put $25 a week into your Christmas budget. And then come this time of year when you're ready to spend, how does how do you keep track of your spending like as it goes? Well, that's where the, the smartphone is like your best friend. Because the same thing I try to do is I keep notes on my phone or because I have to stash the gifts somewhere, I can kind of keep track of them, you know, with my mind's eye. But that is another one of my slippery slopes I found over the years. And the reason I started documenting everything was my kids keep track of what I buy each one of them. And so if someone's pile <laughs> is bigger than someone else's pile, I've heard about it. Yeah. So now I do. I keep track on paper, usually just a Microsoft Word or Google Doc, write down what I bought them and kind of a rough estimate of how much it was. And that keeps my kids in line. And then now I've started doing it with the aunts and the uncles and all the extra presents I like to buy people. Because again, I had way underestimated what I wanted to do. And so being a little bit accountable and having not only my budget staring me in the face saying, no, 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 you're not going to make it, increase it. But then also really thinking it through and being honest with how much I wanted to spend completely changed this holiday to something happy. Because I had a few January credit card bills that were frightening and uh, I wasn't ready to do that again. Yeah. And actually, um, you know, a few people I've talked to recently, that's how they do it. They, they just spend on a credit card. And when the bill comes in in January, they figure out what they spent on the holiday. And, you know, I'm not as organized as you, but that like blows my mind. Like I could not live like that. And um, I would need to know going in what I'm going to spend and can I afford to spend this? But that's just I'm wired that way. But I want to make it relatable to people. And I love I love that you're doing it over time. I love that you're including food. One thing that I probably don't need this year because I, I with COVID, I don't think there's going to be many holiday parties, but hostess gifts, like I add that to my Christmas budget. So I like to bring, you know, whether it's a bottle of wine or some cute napkins with a Santa Claus on it. Um, I don't like to show up empty handed. So whether it's a family event or a friend's party or a work thing, I always have, and that stuff adds up. 
Oh yeah, that's yeah. where my my secret admiration for Khloe Kardashian comes in, and that the the Kardashians have like full closets devoted to gift giving, and like that's an aspiration, or if that's something a value that you hold dear, that should absolutely not only be in your budget, but that should be something that you're stocking as you go. You're putting more things in it. You're setting aside that extra five to ten bucks just because walking in empty-handed is culturally not acceptable in many relationships. So you have to have that gift. So I consider that one a must in a way. And those are, again, little goals that if you have some intentionality, will reach into your wallet and take that little fund out and you'll be so happy to do it in cash versus the credit card. I associated so much more guilt with credit card usage before this because then I'd have to feel like I got to go get a side hustle or I'm going to you know, deliver food on the side. And I'm like, I should not be there. I should be th- more, a little more thoughtful in my uh, setting aside the money. And that's where all this kind of like forethought had to come in. Yeah, no, I love that. And I, you know, again, I think some people will take this advice in varying degrees. If you're not a saver, they may not do the $25 a week. But again, figuring out that amount, including things like food costs, holiday outfits. You know, if you're going to go, everybody buys a little tartan plaid or red sweater, whatever it may be, but that should be in your holiday budget. Because like you said, that's above and beyond that monthly spend. And rather than just getting the like, what did I buy? When that credit card bill comes in in January, um, knowing even if you start this year, you're not doing a tracking necessarily, but you look back and you see that credit card, break it out. What did I spend on this? What did I spend on that? And then next year you can go in with a budget in mind. Yeah, uh, obviously that's not one. how you do it. <laughs> well, because I admit over time, I have built up this savings muscle. This is not something I was necessarily born with. It's it's sort of innate, but it's something you got to flex to grow it, just like strength training. So I have worked very hard because we have made some choices with education to spend certain amounts of money on my kid's school. So that meant less for other things. And that's where I got into budgeting and personal finances. Kind of a passion was if I want money for this, then I've got to give up money for that. So give yourself the space and the grace to say it's going to take me time to work up to this kind of, you know, kind of crazy budget girl uh, action. But at the same time, when the money is there to spend, then it's the ultimate freedom. You don't feel the guilt. You don't have the associated weariness of knowing January's coming. It becomes something that you're like, well, the money's there. It's time. I can go be as generous as I want to be. So there is some balance to the thrift through the other 11 months in that that you know November, December timeframe when your kid suddenly announces they want a Nintendo Switch and you are like, where am I going to find the money? If you put that little bit aside each month, it makes it a lot easier to accept that this is the kind of generosity I want to have in my life. And so, yeah, it takes time. It takes time. Don't don't feel like it has to happen all in one year. Yeah, no. Well, this year, it's not even the Nintendo Switch. My son wants the PS5, which you can't even find it anywhere. $500. Do you feel this year with COVID that people might be spending more, maybe to make the holiday magical? I do think so. I mean, if you look at what the National Retail Federation is predicting, they are saying it's either going to be even or maybe slightly lower based on the fact that people aren't entertaining as much. So gift giving is probably going to be the same level, if not higher. I anticipate my personal spending will be higher because I do have that 
I want to make it better for my kids, or I want to treat my mom and dad because they've had to be under quarantine as older people. So uh, there's that idea that if we spend more this year, it's somehow going to make up for the loss or the lack of events and activities. And that's something that I'm really trying to balance in my mind is how much do events and in-person connection mean to me versus what does the money mean to them? So that's one way to maybe offset if you didn't put aside as much as you thought you could, or maybe the budget isn't there for the big gifts. Just remember that always being with your tribe and in person when you can or via a FaceTime, whatever you can do to create those connections is going to be more fulfilling than the gift. Um, the gift is one way to show what matters. But another personal finance person that I enjoy, this, this podcast called The Frugal Friends, they brought up that idea, too, that when you just give gifts to give gifts, the meaning isn't there necessarily. And so I try to remind myself that just because I cover my children with piles of things, I'm going to see those things be thrown to the side in about two months and get mad at myself. And so yeah. that's been my previous Christmas experience when I think that they're going to want it. It's on sale, so I better buy it. I regret that purchase versus something meaningful. So either do something that's a gift of experience that could maybe help offset the costs that you would want to spend this year or really think about what could I give that's more meaningful that would maybe be a single gift. Yes, it's a smaller pile but would be, resonate maybe a little more with that individual. And those are, again, it takes a little time. It takes a little thoughtfulness. And I'm not there. I am not a forethinker. I'm an in-the-moment thinker. So that's not something I've even accomplished well. So that's one thing I'll work on for this holiday is this idea that if I can't go to the stores, maybe that's going to make me feel a little more thoughtful, even with my online shopping, let's say. Yeah. And I, I actually think I might do less online shopping this year because of COVID, because I want to help out some of those small businesses that really haven't, I mean, assuming that they can remain open over the next few months. But since uh, we had such a shutdown, I feel like I've given one, I've given Amazon a lot of business over the last six months, and I'm kind of done with that. But also just, you know, going in and um, helping those business owners out and, and getting something that I can see, feel in touch. Um that's one of my goals because I am the kind of person where I fill my cart on Amazon for both kids. And that's sort of my even it out pile, you know, I'm yeah. like, all right, this for you and this for you. And as long as every Amazon order is kind of even, um, I'm good. And I do keep a running tab of that total, you know, going into it saying I'm going to spend X and maybe I'll go over it a little bit, but that's the freedom of having that budget in mind is to know whether you're in it or a little bit over. And if you are organized then you have, um, most likely the savings to do that. So that's a nice thing to have. Any way to keep track of, besides opening up the closet and seeing whose pile is bigger, do you track the gifts as you go? You have two kids, right? Yeah, two kids. I have a boy and a girl. So you have that kind of, oh, and they're teenagers too. So everything is different. It's this more year. expensive. <laughs> everything is more electronics-based, screen-based. So that really throws me through a loop. So I've been doing either kind of a, thoughtful request of a gift list, or as my daughter puts it, her list of demands. So I'm trying to have them prioritize it too. So that could be one place for people to start is work with your kids on realistic expectations of, you know, mom and dad are willing to work with Santa on certain things like games for the Xbox, but the actual console, 
let's work through how are we going to purchase that? You know, how are you going to contribute? Could you do some leaf raking? Could we do some things together? Um, but as far as keeping track of it, it's going to be both them as maturing young adults working with me to realize that, you know, your requests are maybe out of control or are they reasonable? And are you going to use the item or not? So my daughter wanted the switch console, but maybe the switch light is going to be enough. So we're having those conversations. And that's an older child thing, too. Yeah, no, um, well, I like that. This is the first year where we're kind of out in the open on who's buying gifts, right? Yes. So, and that's new. I have a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. So in our house, this is the first Christmas. And of course, my husband's like, well, now we get to spend less. I'm like, I don't know that we're really like, let's kind of still try and make it magical, you know, because I remember that first Christmas after that conversation and it was like, not good. Yeah, I love that idea. Go back to the idea about a list of, uh, you know, list of demands, if you will, but something else outside of like the consoles and the expensive things like experiences or what is that that you're having them do a list of? Yeah, they really, I, I have them think through not only like needs and wants, you know, because there's a certain part of me that just wants to buy them books or I want to get them their school clothes or just terribly boring, mundane things. But that's also part of their maturing into the idea of understanding budgeting and what their needs versus wants are. And I think as you're having those conversations and they're sitting, putting those lists together over a course of weeks, it forces a certain amount of understanding of, yes, in the moment, I'm really excited to have this item, but in the long term, am I going to use it? So there is a little bit of the contemplation that I build into this, this kind of like system. If I immediately bought what I put in my cart, my online purchases would be quadruple what they are. But I do the let it simmer, you know, that 24 to 48 hours, even for myself. Yeah, that, I, that's my move too. I don't, I don't just do the quick checkout. I do keep it there and let it simmer, like you said. I mean, that's just how I am all year round. I fake shop. It brings me joy to like yes. pick out things and then never actually order them because I feel like I've shopped, but then I don't have that like remorse when the package comes. Now with your kids talking about that, I think that's so awesome that you can do that. For people that have younger kids, do you have any tips on how to prepare them? So they're, they're talking about a wish list, but it's from the magical North Pole. Any tips on that for people with younger kids on how they can kind of teach kids, well, you know, you might not get everything on this list or? I do think that they, they should still go through the process, you know, and this is where when that wonderful toy catalog will come, you know, your targets and Amazons are still producing them, have them circle the items, you know, but talk through maybe the amounts that are associated. If a kid is, you know, seven through 12, I think they can get amounts and kind of understand numbers a little bit. And that's where you kind of have them look like, okay, the Barbie dream house is over a hundred dollars. That's just something to keep in mind. You know, that takes mom and dad five to six hours of our workday to just earn that much, you know, and start putting things in some context. For little kids, I think it's more about them understanding as well, the idea of what does the gift mean? You know, maybe give them a few dollars to purchase a gift for mom and dad or like at school when they have the Santa shops. So they grant the the idea that it's not all about you, per se. The holiday is also the, the joy of the expression of the gift. So if they're really young and buying for each other or buying for mom and dad and circling the items in the catalog, 
and then you know progress along to where they're seeing the numbers and maybe getting some context of how that money magically appears to spend or give them a few commission based jobs around the house you know like hey if you want to buy that item for your sister if you will sweep up around the kitchen i'll give you $5 and that's going to get you halfway to that gift just getting them kind of thinking through the process um, I have a saver and a spender as well. And watching the spender start to put money aside or when he's really into an item, he's learned to go to Etsy or eBay or secondary places to see if he can find it less expensive has been oddly joyful for me because I know I'm sending him out into the world with some skills that they're not going to get in high school. These are not home economic times anymore. We are kind of thrust into the world and, and given a paycheck and said, figure it out. So as parents, you can kind of work them through the process that you've had to learn to keep yourself under control and create that discipline and thoughtfulness. I think it goes a long way to not only them grasping some of their responsibilities, but you enjoying the holiday because this isn't all magic. You know, if everything is special, as a friend of ours would say, then nothing is special. So if everything is at their beck and call and they get everything on their list, as joyful as I think that would be, I also think it's a disservice in some ways. So I'm a little grinchy. I would do that too. I would say not necessarily talking in dollar amounts, but saying, you know, if you're asking Santa for a dog or you know some kind of a bigger gift, you're probably not going to get anything else. I mean, we, actually the dog thing, I told him that Santa doesn't bring dogs. And then unfortunately other people's families, <laughs> Santa brought them dogs and it was like a big thing. But, but yeah, if based on like, that's a big gift, why don't you pick out some smaller things and you're not like preparing them to say, you're not going to get everything on this list because, you know, you're going to get a few things and I don't know what they're going to be. So be prepared to not get everything. And I think that is the way to go. And, and as far as like books, I mean, every year that's part of Christmas is everybody gets some books. I get the mittens, you know, I, I don't know. They probably hate that, but um, <laughs> I get ski socks and mittens to kind of put in the, the stocking, you know, that always kind of fills it up and, and it's something I would get them anyway. But do you do that too, where there's like a practical and education gift and a fun gift? I completely yeah, I regret to not doing more of that. I do. I, I wish I had kind of established more traditions when they're really little that we would follow through even to today. And I still kind of throw that in there, like everybody's going to get a set of pajamas or everybody's going to get something that like, in this case, my son's going to get a few personal finance books this year because it's just something that's top of mind for him. He's starting to grow into carrying a wallet and things like that at 15. So I, I like an idea of a holiday tradition as well built into your gift giving because I think that brings such great satisfaction and maybe they'll do it with their kids. And, and I think that's where like those socks and mittens are going to really bring them some great stories someday. I think that's lovely. They'll probably complain about it to their kids. Be like, grandma used to get these socks every year <laughs> while other kids had like sacks full of candy. Another cheap thing that I do, um, which my kids might not even know that I did, like we have extended family and we don't always see them. Um, my husband and I are both from the East Coast. So here in Michigan, it's, you know, we might have a few visitors but we get just boxes and boxes from Amazon from family members. So much stuff. Sometimes it's a repeat and you don't have a gift receipt. Or sometimes it's stuff that I've even bought and I see what they play with like that morning, Christmas morning. And the stuff that stays in the package under the tree for a few days, I, I slip into a closet and it is the birthday gift closet. I'm sorry to anybody that has invited my kids to their, your birthday. You've probably gotten like re-gifted. I mean, it's unopened. But I just can't like I can't 
have the mess. And also it just seems so in excess or I will, I actually do clean out my like gift closet at the end of the year around this time. And I will donate it to like toys for tots or stuff, you know, sometimes it's not age appropriate. So it's not a bad toy, but it's like, okay, he's not five, he's 10. You, you feel overwhelmed by it. I think kids get overwhelmed by too much generosity and to, to set aside those things, I think brings a little bit of surprise and fun later in the month or, you know, two months later, like let's pull some stuff out of the closet that, you know, we, we were setting aside. Yes, maybe let them open it all or, you know, put a few things aside that you bought and bring it out later. But I do think kids like it better when things are clean and even and they can kind of see what they got and not be covered by this pile of newness that like, again, (laughs) I've looked back and I thought it was a great gift and only to realize I missed the mark um, and it can't be returned. So there's a little buyer's regret thrown in all this advice. Definitely, definitely. I'm already like starting to get anxious. But quick question uh, for you, and I'll share my experience. How about your husband? Is he like an organized saver? Does he leave it all to you? Or does he make you crazy by going out and buying? He's the fun one. This is where I do think as parents, you can balance each other is I am the the the, the boring pre-plan, let's talk it all through type person. And I'm almost talking it to death. And I do this with every purchase from a new couch to a new pair of shoes. My husband is the one who thinks of something and goes and purchases it and stores it until the right time and then presents it. And then everybody is wowed. So it feels like there should be that kind of like one person maybe can go off budget and have some fun to the holiday that surprises either you as spouses and your kids get to see that great moment between you or that you surprise the kid. That unusual item that maybe they didn't know or you didn't know they needed. And so I'd like to give him that role or I give it to one of the grandmas. They get to buy the good gift, as I put it. Um, So I do think that there is some room for each parent to do something a little different. And I like that my husband actually is the more thoughtful gift giver among the two of us. I am persuaded by sales and clearance racks. And that's something I've had to rail against, you know, just because someone offers me a $5 coupon doesn't mean I need it. Oh, man, if you think about how we're manipulated by the retail world, you know, where are the products placed? What kind of sale they offer? I have to unsubscribe or move something out of my inbox so I'm not staring at it. Just think through again. Well, my husband's the one that's always like, you know, let's not go over budget. Let's not go over budget. I'm the one that's doing the actual shopping. And I'm pretty good about staying within my budget. Again, you know, I give myself a little standard deviation here or there. But what happens is like two days before Christmas, he decides he's going to go out. Last year, I think it was a foosball table. It was used, but it was like $400. And I was like, that's more than my like budget for each kit. Like you just went out and bought this thing that you want. It, it's a family gift, right? But it's always something that he like kind of likes. And it's the last minute and it just blows the budget up. And then, you know, so... That's kind of our rules, but I let him have that as well because, you know, if that's if that's what he wants to do, if he wants to do the big gift, I try to, like, have some control over it because I am a control freak. So I've already started, like, so is our big gift going to be a telescope, you think? Or, like, is, you know, what's it going to be this year just so I don't get surprised by it like I have before? <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of how we communicate on the, on the budget. I stick to the budget, and then he blows it up, like, three days before Christmas. It always It always has that wow factor on Christmas morning, so that's good. I have to side with your husband. I did what two years ago, I bought a Papa shot 
just at the last minute because I'm like, there's not enough gifts. There needs to be big box. And I love that thing. That was for me. I'll admit it now. I play it probably more than the kids. So a family gift, I think, you know, once in a while there's there's room to splurge. But yeah, if the budget's already blown, it's blown. Just try to do better next year, I always say to myself. And, you know, I don't buy a lot of stuff. We were talking about this offline. I still like buy clothes at Target. And I always, you know, I'm more likely to buy stuff for my kids on the regular than I am myself. I, do I need this? Do I need another pair of shoes? But I do at Christmas time, I find myself since I am shopping, uh, more than I normally would, that I do find some things that I would like for myself. And, and I often am sadly disappointed with what other people get me. So I actually build into my budget a little like slush fund. So, you know, if I want to buy myself a little thing here or there, I, I've gotten away from the one for you, one for me, which <laughs> is a slippery slope, but I do buy a couple things for myself that are gifts. And then I say, you know what, it doesn't matter what my husband gets me or what the, <laughs> if I get, you know, a best mom coffee mug, I know that I got a couple things that I wanted. So that's a tip. I think that moms deserve it, especially if you're the one doing the budget and you're saving money for the household. If you want to buy a couple things for yourself, do build that into the budget. So, yes, you know, I think that's entirely fair, especially because right now, I'll be honest with Black Friday extending into a black month of Fridays because of the pandemic, there are going to be deals. And if you know, this is your year to get the Instapot, or this is your year to get yourself that beautiful coat from J. Crew that you've been fantasizing about. I think it's fair to either find the money in the budget and set it aside or just make that purchase happen with, you know, maybe again a side hustle or something. Whatever you can do to make sure that you don't feel uh, completely either left out or so deprived that then you explode in January. Let's hope you got a bunch of gift cards and you can go crazy shopping. But I do think that moms or the person who does the majority of the gift giving, there needs to be a little budget for you too. And that's actually something the National Retail Federation bakes into its numbers. So why not bake it into yours? I think it's fair. Right. Good. Well, now I feel validated. And especially if you, the <laughs> budget oh, guru, says that it... <laughs> Every Mother's Day, I tell my husband what he bought me. I'm like, this year, you got me this. Oh, I like that. I'll do the text from the store. If I see something I'm hemming and hawing about me, like, did you give me a birthday gift yet? Or did you get me a Mother's Day gift yet? Because I have an idea for you. And now I've just started telling my 12-year-old daughter, Jackie, because she will remember like what it is that I want and my size and whatever it may be. So she's she's been helping out. So uh, my husband is a pretty good gift giver. He doesn't listen to my podcast, but just in case he does, I do <laughs> say that I love you and, and you did good last Christmas. So that's um, great. <laughs> I do want to put in the show notes, you had mentioned as a retail reporter that maybe can help people this holiday season, whether it's finding the deals or budgeting. So I want to link those in the show notes, as I mentioned earlier, that Karen is an author. So I'm also going to put a link to her book, The Witch of Del Rey, uh, and the Amazon link will be in the show notes. Do you want to mention a little bit about what that's about? Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of local history reporting outside of my day-to-day -day work. So like I'll do a piece for Court Magazine on the extended return policies, which is great this year. They're giving us, you know, probably double the amount of time to return gifts, which is really helpful with the changes in quarantines and things like that. To then when I have the free time, I write these local history books about Detroit. And The Witch of Del Rey is a great true crime story that actually happened in 1930s Detroit, which is a great time in the city. It's when all the big skyscrapers were built and we had some larger than life characters. 
And then I've done uh, some other ones on like Better Mates Potato Chip Company and its history and the history of the Ford Wyoming Drive-In and Dearborn. So good fun stuff and things that kind of, these I always joke are the good uncle gifts. If you don't know what to get somebody, get them a local history book. You can find them at Target, throw in a bag of chips and you're done. I love it. And actually, I just added the Witch of Del Rey is now on my Christmas wish list. So um, <laughs> I do like I said, I like to include books. My husband always likes books for Christmas. So I've read a couple of Karen's books. She's an amazing writer. And again, I'll put the links to find some of her books on Amazon in the show notes. But I just want to thank you so much for your tips, Karen. This was really informative. And I've taken a couple ideas here that I'm going to integrate in my whole Christmas shopping this year. And I really appreciate your time. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for letting you me share You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.